0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Great Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Pat Crane. We've had a little bit of a layoff here on the show Kind of waiting for a free agency to shake out. We've been getting some pro days in, but also I have been um super busy. But these will be we will be dialed in on these. We will be getting more of these out soon. I will have other people other than Karain on. We'll have Friedman on. We'll have Rebar on. We'll be we'll be getting uh everyone on. But Karain, yesterday, the, the process has started for me. I just finished uh a, a dispersal auction in a league nice. and in some leagues you and I are in together, I started cutting dead weight. I just started going in and just, you know, cutting Ola B.C. Johnson, Nick Boyle, Tradeon Williams. I just, it's it's time. We are in the dynasty offseason now, I think.
0: I like how cutting Nick Boyle gets you excited for the dynasty offseason. But, yeah, I mean, if you play in any FFPC leagues, those leagues have a cut down date to, to 14 skill players at the end of the month. So, yep. uh, been been looking through those cuts. Um, you're actually cutting guys ahead of when you need to in this dynasty league that you're talking about. We don't have we don't have a cut deadline. You just are so sick of these scrubs on your. Well, roster.
1: it's it's time to start wheeling and dealing. Right. I, it's t- because uh, so I tweeted this out yesterday. I mean, this was these were some great interactions. So I tweeted out this league that you and I are in the the quarantine auction which was commissioned by mike leone bless him for for providing us some entertainment during those in the middle of the pandemic yeah literally in april like april 10th we're just sitting there like yeah it, it it was very needed and it and just bless michael uh for running this league but Actually, you're a great person to have on as we talk about what I – this is what we should start with, what I should do with these picks because you in this league are in a very similar circumstance, not as extreme, but I have eight of the top 24 picks and 12 of the top 36 picks in this league. I think you have more picks next year. I think you just have double picks this year. Is that right?
0: I have, I think, three firsts, but one of them – is really late and I've got some extra seconds, but I have like, I have enough picks to where I can make all my picks or use them as, as ammo to move up and down in the draft as I want. I don't think I need to kind of reevaluate my exposure to this draft class. Like I'm not in that type of position, but I will be, I think next year where I just have like, I think I have four full sets of 2022 picks. So one through six from four different teams, including my own. I so think, at that point, I need to trade out as some of those 2022 picks.
1: So I have, I think, something like 45 picks in the draft this year. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: so right, right, so that's, that's a lot it, of... That, that's,
0: more than I even have next year.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of picks. <laughs> no, and, and I don't... Uh, I th- This is where I'm at right now. It makes the most sense to take haircuts on deals here. Like, oh, I will trade you two seconds for the equivalent of, you like basically like losing 20% on these trades because it doesn't really matter to me because once the, obviously once the pick is spent, it's like driving a car off the lot, right? Once I, once I turn that pick into Jordan Brevin or or Brevin Jordan, rather, you know, no one cares about Brevin Jordan. They care about what could be inside the pick. It could be anything, even a boat. So that is why I'm cutting guys now so that I just have room on my roster for whatever. And I could start turning these picks theoretically into, you know some players that I like. Um, you know we could we could turn them into. I, I actually sent out a trade offer. Okay. So what 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 do you think if you had? I mean, literally, I have twelve picks in the top thirty-six of this draft. Like, are you just yeah, one thing making that jumps out to me with
0: that? Okay. I don't know that I'd be making all the picks. I mean, that's a ton of picks to have to make. But thing about playing in these leagues with like all, all other analysts is that people aren't afraid of taking their guys and like not taking the guys that they're supposed to take. So you'll see. So for example, like Henry Ruggs in one of the industry drafts that I'm in, like just fell, 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 fell fell last year. And you know, it's probably smart. Like the guys going ahead of them probably should have gone ahead of them, but they certainly weren't going ahead of them in most startup uh, most rookie drafts my point being that those picks are more valuable i think in a little bit of a way than they are in like your your ffpc leagues or whatever because um the the randomness of the actual rookie draft i think is going to be higher than it would in be in an industry league a, yeah yeah in an industry league the randomness of the actual picks as they come in is higher because People are like, well, this is my dude, and I don't care. And trading, as we talked about before, is harder to do in these leagues. Aren't going to fit down four paces. So if I were you, I would not be trying to move off picks right now because you're probably going to be sitting on a guy who is unexpected uh, at at a certain point in the draft.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be the guy who holds the rookie draft up because I'm going to be sitting there being like, look, who wants this pick? Give me the pick. You know, you want you want your you want your shiny new rookie. Like, give me give me your your dusty old vet. I I sent out one trade offer, obviously, for McCall Hardman. Uh, J.J. Zacharison owns him in this league. I'm hoping that uh, that he'll get back to me on that one today. I just got to Got to scoop up. Got to scoop up my guys. But the main thing I want. What are you
0: offering for Hardman?
1: I offered, uh, I I started at, at two thirds, just to test, just to test the temperature. Uh, I hope JJ is not listening to this, but obviously I would pay a little bit more to get Hardman on the team, but Hardman is a very difficult guy (laughs) to evaluate, right? Because they, Sammy Watkins is not on the team, right? He's taken free agent meetings all over the NFL um, at this point. And, uh they they tendered byron pringle but demarcus robinson is a free agent as well so and and i i don't think the chiefs would want to rely on a rookie wide receiver as their second guy so i mean the chiefs are going into the season with hardman as their second wide receiver right now like that's the plan
0: yeah although this is a really deep wide receiver class so sure kind of like the idea like if i were them i would i'd probably play it this way Although to be honest, you could add Will Fuller for like ten million. I, that's what I would have done. But
1: I mean, they almost um, had Smith Schuster for eight million plus incentives, and he just bailed. That's so
0: weird. If you that's very weird. If you can't land one of these wide receivers though in free agency, I think it's probably pretty sharp to just put Hardman in the position to see if he can actually pay off on this second round draft pick you spent on him.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's talk and about some of these free agent wide receivers. Take though. a
0: couple of these guys later on.
1: Yeah. I mean that All that's right. what they should that well that you are right that that's what they should do is they should be um you know they should be basically being like uh let's let's just let's just spray and pray at the wide receiver position and and uh, you know they should probably also think about taking a tight end they they brought Blake Bell back and they place a restricted free agency tender on Nick Kaiser but those guys are both blocking tight ends but you know I mean they're gonna need a replacement tight end right like Kelsey is thirty two. And that offense really relies on Travis Kelsey. They will need someone who can do like a facsimile of that job in a couple of years.
0: Agreed. And we know tight ends take a few years to, to come into their own. And this tight end class, it look it looks pretty solid. Um, obviously you have pits, but the guys behind him look pretty decent. So I think that'd be, some, that'd be pretty sharp of them.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, free agent wide receivers, Kenny Galladay. I did, did you, I truly did not realize that Kenny Galladay was 28. Uh, I I thought he was, I thought he was like 26, 27, but going I into he was
0: 27. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Going into his age, 28 season.
0: <laughs> Spotrack is sho- in November.
1: Yeah. Spotrack, I guess shows them. At, that's what I have pulled up right now. Spotrack, I guess shows them at the age that they will turn in season mm-hmm. um, four years, $72 million. I guess doesn't sound outrageous for him, but it looks outrageous compared to all of the other wide receiver contracts given this offseason. right? That four four for 72 um, with 40 million guaranteed is the richest wide receiver contract given by quite a bit of any player this year.
0: Yeah. And it's surprising given how the tip of the market was for a lot of these other guys, Juju, I had to go back to Pittsburgh. Fuller gets the one year. Um, obviously Nelson eight, but it wasn't a great year for wide receivers uh, in free agency. And then Galladay lands this deal. I don't know. Wouldn't you? I think I'd rather take the flyer on Fuller for a year.
1: I'd rather take the flyer on Fuller. I would rather pay Corey Davis what he asked. I think I would even rather. I think I would even rather, you know, the the money that got spent on on John Brown or John Ross. I mean, John Brown is, I know he's 31. This is probably his last year of being productive, but I, I think one year, three million for him. And I mean, Corey Davis was really good for the Titans last year. And and I think that Corey Davis, age 26 season, he actually to me looks like a little bit of a buy here. Now he said something interesting yesterday in like his introductory press conference or whatever, you know, he said that he expects Sam Darnold to be the quarterback, which I'm not crazy about, but again, you know, we, we, the context in which we have evaluated Sam Darnold is like the worst context for any rookie, you know, young quarterback ever. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I think I am a buy on Corey Davis right now. In fact, uh, in a league that I co-own with Leone, we got offered Corey Davis for like our three oh six, I think, and we in in an FFPC format. So it's the rookie picks are a little bit different, but we accepted that deal. Like we were like, yeah, that's a clear buy. We paid uh, a three oh six to get Corey Davis. Are you are you interested in him as? Yeah maybe the lead wide receiver for the jets i mean probably
0: i'm interested i I like that deal a lot for ffpc i mean you know we just talked about how those leagues have a cut down and they're very veteran heavy super productive throughout his entire college career i don't know that he's an alpha wide receiver but uh you know if this offense can get its stuff together maybe he can kind of be the jets version of an alpha
1: yeah. Uh, do uh, you
0: think if they don't take a quarterback, if it is Sam Darnold, then what are they spending that draft capital on?
1: They will take the, they'll probably take the left tackle from Oregon, right? They'll probably take, because they, they already have Beckton. So then they add this other guy in and then they're like, all right, Sam, sink or swim. Right. I, I mean, I, that seems like what they would do. Right. I, I can't imagine. I don't know if it doesn't seem like there's like a generational like edge prospect. Uh, I think, Devonta Smith not running or doing anything at his pro day has to hurt him a little bit. I don't think they would take Jamar chase. I mean, maybe they would, but they just, mm-hmm. so they paid Corey Davis. They take Mims last year. They, uh, you know, they, they have Jameson Crowder. Like, I, I don't know. It, it, it seems like Mims Davis Crowder Herndon is, is a fine enough weapons group. Like, I don't know. Maybe they take Kyle Pitts, but probably not.
0: Yeah. Chase would be pretty fun. Chase would be pretty fun, but that kind of puts Mims in a bad spot one year after. So they probably won't do that. Um, yeah, I mean maybe like a tackle plus, you know, Darnold thing is is better for Corey Davis. I don't know if it's the right move for the Jets, but it's it'd be pretty interesting for Davis because then at that targets and Darnold moving out of the Gase system into. You know, a system that's probably going to utilize a lot more play action, you start to talk yourself into a little bit of a Tannehill type of transformation. I mean, obviously that was going to be an outlier, but, you know, you can squint and see Darnold improving a lot. He's only 23 years old, turns 24 in June. So I don't know. I think we're going to talk ourselves into Darnold a little bit if they don't draft a quarterback.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm talking myself into Darnold a little bit, but I just think it would be so bad i mean what what is really throwing a wrench in this offseason stuff is i don't think anyone's trading for deshaun watson now i i think that deshaun watson is closer to serving like a year long suspension than he is to having a team trade uh multiple first round picks for him and and i think that's throwing a wrench in stuff for the dolphins i think that's throwing a wrench in stuff for the jets uh for the panthers another team that was rumored to get watson like i i think Watson is closer to not playing in 2021 than he is to, to getting traded for at this point.
0: I think, I mean, I I haven't seen over the last like three, four days when, you know, the accusations have really piled up with Watson, what the reaction has been from like the Panthers, but the Panthers seemed dead set on getting Watson and also sort of like out of the mix in, in a sense, I would imagine that they would still be interested if, you know, if the Texans gave them a call and said, Hey, do you, do you want this guy now? I think they'd say yes.
1: Yeah. All right. Will Fuller. I I do not think this was a good landing spot for Will Fuller. I think that he will do what Will Fuller does, but I think he realistically probably has to project for like 80 to a hundred targets. I, I think that the fact that he plays with Gasicki and with Parker and you know, Tua basically just showed no willingness to be aggressive last year at all. Now, the the Dolphins fans will point out he actually threw more passes, 15 yards down the field, than Fitzpatrick did, and all that stuff. But I, I this is, uh, I think, a good real football landing spot. I love Miami being aggressive and trying to give Tua a lot of weapons if they want to evaluate him to figure out if he's good or not. But I don't, I do not love this landing spot at all for fantasy.
0: No me neither. Uh, I mean I guess what's the what's the rep on too is that he's he's got to see the guy open so you know Will Fuller gets open maybe maybe the issue is that they had Parker who doesn't get open you know he, he he's a guy you got to kind of throw the ball up to and and he's got to make the play. Preston Williams similar so maybe Fuller Gets open, shows that window, and Tua looks like a little bit of a different quarterback than we thought he was uh, last year. That's the that's the best case scenario, I think. But if you're just picking out where Fuller lands, you don't pick Miami. I agree.
1: Yeah. Um, and then you know Juju back with the Steelers. I mean, I will probably treat him the same way in fantasy that I did is last year though it seems like somehow now they're disenchanted with claypool that 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 uh they wanted to bring juju back because they they think that claypool is is a diva i mean they just the apparently the only wide receiver they like in that building is uh is deontay johnson and and also the fact that you know roethlisberger is the quarterback back for another year and you know they didn't bring Jameis in they didn't bring fitzpatrick in you know i, I it's it's not great for smith schuster but i mean again juju is still only 25 years old, which it seems crazy given that he's heading into contract number two.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting from like a dynasty perspective because now he's going to be in the exact same spot next off season, which I kind of like in a way, just because I my biggest concern with Juju is Ben Roethlisberger, and you know now he's going to be a year older, but at least with with Juju you have. His skill set fitting with Roethlisberger's declining abilities. With Claypool, you know, it's like we want to see Claypool be used deep, and Roethlisberger's not throwing deep anymore. Juju has this very limited route tree that kind of stinks, but at least it's it's all shallow stuff. So, I think uh, you know, I agree. I think probably Juju is the same type of uh, type of graphic that he was for fantasy as last year. One dude you mentioned Fitzpatrick. This hasn't happened but I'm pretty intrigued by the idea of Nikhil Harry getting traded for getting traded there by Washington, which has been floated. Yeah. Because if there's the, the only guy, I think that can resuscitate Nikhil Harry's career is Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: I mean, Fitzpatrick, he loves to throw, he loves those tight window throws, right? That is uh that is like his whole deal. Uh, you know, he has made he's made a lot of money for for guys like Mike Evans, guys like Devonte Parker. I mean, these guys had their best fantasy seasons with him. Would you what what would you send out right now to acquire in Keel Harry in a twelve team Superflex Dynasty League?
0: I mean, you you can't really send more than a third. I don't think it. It's just like because. You're only out is him going to Washington. Like if he's, if, if he's on the Patriots this year, he's going to be irrelevant and you know, you're going to, and there's, there's value in the third round of these super flex rookie drafts. So yeah, I think that's about as high as I could go.
1: Yeah. All right. Running back free agents, Kenyon Drake, two years, $11 million, 8.5 guaranteed at signing for Kenyon Drake I don't I you know what I think I maybe want to take the contrarian angle on this and and I think that I would try and slide in the DMs for Cheap Josh Jacobs to see if someone is like actually tilting because the thing about Drake is people think of him as a receiving back, but he actually is not a very good receiver and doesn't get used the way that you think he would. Like he doesn't, they don't give him any of those, you know, Curtis Samuel esque, you know, uh slot snaps, you no know, jet sweeps, things like that. Like he pretty much just plays like a traditional running back, and really is not going to surprise me if he basically just slots in to the uh, uh, Devonte Booker. Jalen, you know i i even think they'll still give jalen richard his snaps basically but i i think that this might be a, a cheaper moment to acquire josh jacobs who is like the same guy he was from last week like i don't think his projection year to year changes all that much
0: yeah i would be a seller on on jacobs i've been a seller on jacobs so i guess it's hard for me to to like wrap my mind around trading for him but he's just so the thing with jacobs is that I think you're exactly right. Kenyon Drake is going to be in kind of the Devante Booker type role, but they're still probably going to use some Jalen Rashard or or some other passing down back. And it's going to be kind of a three-man committee here. They, they don't seem to trust Jacobs to be able to carry the load. And for whatever reason, you know, they really view him as a guy who they can't use in the passing game where I think he he's fine in the passing game. Like I don't quite understand why they're, they're so resistant to that idea. But if you have, drake in there drake's a lot better than booker so when drake's healthy this is going to be kind of a gross committee and my whole thing with these running backs these young running backs is there's there are they're all overpriced all of these young running backs in dynasty are overpriced we have to bake in that upside that that guy might turn in to the next alvin kamara or the next christian mccaffrey like that's That's why Antonio Gibson's going where he is. That's why DeAndre Swift's going where he is, because there's this chance that they might turn into that guy. But once you start to realize that they're not probably going to be that guy, then I have a very hard time even like quote buying low because there's a lot more to fall. You know, like you see where Melvin Gordon goes, once he signs with the Broncos, you see these guys on their second contracts and there's way less value in the trade market for them than there was a year or two previous. And I think what's going to happen with Jacobs, he's he's on the trajectory to kind of be a committee back for the next two seasons and then probably go somewhere else. But he's going to sign like a two-year deal, you know, and it's I don't think you're ever getting out for even what you're paying now. I guess, you know, because he was going top 20 in startups before this signing. So even if he's going... You know, at pick like 45 in startups, I still think that's a bit pricey.
1: Yeah. I, I think more likely is, I think you can probably get a good deal from someone if they are tilting on him. I mean, that would be, that would be the, that would be what I would aim. Like, you know, a, a second plus, you know, random, random wide receiver x that someone likes you know if if someone is tilting on him it would be it would be worth exploring the problem is is that people who have jacob's i like that i mean just the problem is is that jacob's does have a lot of true believers i mean he was going at the front end of the second round last year in redraft league so he does have um you know quite a bit of believers Are you worried about this Jamal Williams signing for DeAndre Swift? Because, you know, he basically is just a passing down back. We saw him take loads of snaps and touches from Aaron Jones. Even when Aaron Jones was crushing touchdowns, Jamal Williams was still, you know, siphoning off some of his fantasy value. I I think this could be an overreaction. I mean, the biggest problem for DeAndre Swift right now is that the Lions are going to be awful. They're going to be the worst team in the NFL.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the concern not Jamal Williams. I mean, the reason I was so excited about DeAndre Swift before they brought in the new coaching staff before they made the trade for Goff is that he doesn't need a ton of touches to be a fantasy star. He looks like Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara where he can get he can get you a bunch of touchdowns because he gets used around the goal line, he can get you a ton of receiving work. He's explosive, he can you know, have huge plays. So if he, if he doesn't have 20 touches a game, that's okay. You know, we can live with that. In fact, I think that's a better profile because we have so many injuries at the running back position. If I can get my points on less touches, I'd prefer that. So to have a guy like Jamal Williams, who we just saw, you know, in the, in the role uh, you know, in a, a committee role of sorts with Aaron Jones sort of makes sense. It's like, all right, well, I'm hoping this guy can be basically Aaron Jones I'm not going to sweat it too hard if Jamal Williams is there, um, but the offense is not going to be green Bay. So, you know, it, is there his one of Swift's really only outs was actually to be a workhorse and then have them just kind of use him wrong uh, for a year or two. And that now looks less likely. So it hurts, but I think it mostly hurts because we were already so worried about the offense and, I just have a hard time imagining how this offense surprises us in a big way.
1: Yeah. Uh I'm I'm with you there. Okay, Mike Davis, two-year $5 million deal in Atlanta. I guess everyone's just assuming that Atlanta drafts a running back, but I mean, there were there were a lot of people. I mean, in leagues you and I are in people were trading fourth-round rookie picks at the trade deadline to scoop up Mike Davis, especially if they already had CMC. And, you know, they might get like you know, five RB1 games from Mike Davis this year in Atlanta. Cause they definitely, they are, they are done with a friend of the podcast, Brian Hill. I, I don't think that uh, he's a thing anymore.
0: Yeah. Mike Davis is interesting. Cause he's not like super old. He's like 28. Yeah. Um, And you know, some of these guys that have high draft position at the running back. So even if they draft someone, Obviously, Mike Davis's price tag will come down a bit, but I don't know that he'll—he won't have value. I mean, one, he's—he's already shown that he can fill in nicely uh, if the starter goes down. But two, you know, if they draft someone like Etn, maybe they're unhappy with his ability to read blocks or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you just see some of these guys come in with high draft position, like my boy Ronald Jones, right? lost rookie year completely lost rookie year as a second round pick so he's not dead even if they take a guy in the second round um and even if that guy ends up being pretty good he's got he's got some outs to value so if you can get him cheap as as a throw in and i don't think people people are probably pretty happy to be able to cash out on mike davis when they thought like he was a cut you know i i I would assume most people think I'm trading for Mike Davis or I'm holding Mike Davis to help me win my league. And then I'm cutting him. So if you can get anything for him, you're probably pretty happy about it. So I think that one's a pretty interesting guy to, to target for super cheap.
1: Yeah. Not, nothing really else. Uh, interesting at the running back position. I mean, I guess Malcolm Brown leaving Los Angeles, I, that does open up cam Akers as an every down back because they're, they don't have another guy to bring in on third downs. I maybe, maybe, Daryl Henderson has room for like a 12 touch a game style role, but I mean acres acres actually is looking like one of the best value picks from last year's rookie drafts he was going kind of at the back end of the first round like 110 111 and I mean he is. I, I think the Rams' offense is going to be better. I, I think that Stafford is better than Jared Goff. They they signed Deshaun Jackson. You know, create a little bit more space there. Whatever. If if Deshaun Jackson is able to play at all, Acres Acres looks like a strong buy. He looks like a guy in startup drafts that you're going to have to pay through the nose for, though.
0: A hundred percent, yeah. And that's the, you know, the point I was making earlier about targeting these guys who we think can be those Uber backs he has a really strong path to that. And in in an offense, I agree, will be better. I think Henderson will probably operate in that Malcolm Brown role to an extent. He was operating as a kind of receiving down back towards the end of the season last year. Um, And so I think he's kind of maybe underrated as a potential like third down back option for them. But I don't think it's going to be like Akers leaves every third down and Henderson comes on. I think Henderson will kind of mix in and in most cases it'll be in passing downs, but acres will still get his share of passing downs is how I'm viewing it. And that's, that's a workhorse role, I think. So I'm excited about him. Uh, one guy that I did want to ask you about is Philip Lindsay, because he's now signed on a one-year deal. He got the original round tender from the Broncos, which was such a middle finger as an undrafted guy. Um, but I, I think he's interesting. On uh, we don't know we don't know obviously what the Texans' quarterback situation is going to be in another really bad team. But at the very least, he's probably a better running back than David Johnson right now, right?
1: Yeah, better better running back than David Johnson, better running back than Mark Ingram. I mean, Mark Ingram was getting you know healthy scratched last year by the Baltimore Ravens. By the end, you know, they just didn't really have a use for him. I yep. I have long been. a Philip Lindsay believer. Like I, I really like him. What has never made sense to me is that he profiles as a guy who should be a good receiving back, but he never has been. So my concern now in Houston is that they don't have Duke Johnson anymore, so they they make David Johnson the passing down back and they give Philip Lindsay. I mean, the 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 trap touches on a uh 4 and 12 Houston Texans team that has Tyrod Taylor as the starting quarterback. I mean, it just uh, yeah uh, yes lindsey will probably get more touches this year than he did last year but they're all going to be bad gross touches like that that is my concern that david johnson still retains you know what is there of the passing down work
0: damian harris last year or something you know that's that's the play you're, you're getting a guy who's not going to score a bunch of touchdowns and he's not going to catch a bunch of passes, but hopefully he's so cheap that you can use him for a few weeks and it, and it still kind of pays off.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. The, the tight end now, uh, I, you know, nothing too groundbreaking in terms of, uh, changing the way the, the position works, but just like, what are you doing with Johnny Smith and with Hunter Henry? Cause I, I actually have Hunter Henry, on a bunch of dynasty teams because I did a bunch of startups. The year he had a torn ACL and was kind of you know taking him off and like the eleventh, twelfth round of even tight end premium startups. But signing in New England where they don't have an answer at quarterback, they sign Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. You know, not guys who are going to create a ton of space. They also sign John Newsmith. I mean. It does feel, it, it feels bad, right? It, given the context of what we can see now, it feels bad. If they had a different quarterback, I think I would feel differently. But Cam Newton is going to take away so many of the touchdowns that would normally go to a tight end because they get inside the five and they're just running QB power.
0: It's like one of these things where if Hunter Henry had signed with New England and Jonah Smith had signed elsewhere. We would have been, we would have been bummed out. You know, like he, that was not at all his best case scenario because of the the quarterback situation. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not that excited about either guy right now. And I think that tight end, you know, from a dynasty perspective, tight end is kind of a a year to year position where. I don't – I try to like to get my value up into an elite guy if I can, but those those guys are pretty expensive. And I don't want to spend a ton of money for the second and third tier of tight ends in Dynasty because it's an unpredictable position where the breakouts happen from guys we weren't necessarily even expecting them to come from. Like George Kittle, that is not who we had tagged as the next elite tight end. Darren Waller, not who we had tagged as the next elite tight end, you know. There's there's these guys we're really excited about, like Hawkinson and Fan, and I'm excited about them too, but those dudes don't hit as often as we'd like them to. And then these guys like Henry and Smith, who've shown some pretty nice production for us over the last couple of years, those veterans, they get mixed up all the time. You see these guys, they they pop for a year, or they kind of half pop for a year, and then they go away. And so I, I think I'd be... I'd be selling on both of them, which stinks because I like both of them. I think they're both good players, but the situation matters a lot for tight ends.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, the last thing I wanted to go over here is uh, some of the the pro day stuff. Just, you know, if there if any dudes are are moving around in our evaluations. And I, I think the first place is to start with the Alabama guys, Devonta Smith and Najee Harris, both of whom, uh, you know, just just didn't. They didn't run, right? We don't have a Najee Harris 40-time. We got a Devonta Smith height. We got a Devonta Smith weight, but did not get uh, Devonta Smith 40-time, didn't get short shuttle, didn't get three cone. I mean, Smith, I think, will be fine. I think NFL teams are going to draft him in the first round pretty much regardless because of how good he was his final year at Alabama. I, I think Najee Harris probably did himself uh, some damage by – you know, by, by not running, by uh, by not running, by not putting something down.
0: I do too, because I think with Harris, the perception was that he was slow. And so he probably had something to gain by, if he could, if he could disprove that. Now, if he, it turned out to be even slower than people thought. that would be a problem. So maybe he just figures, you know what, I'll be, uh, you know, at least at worst, probably a second round pick. And so I'll just take that and not turn in like a four, seven, five, which I, you know, I don't think he would have run, but, but it, let's say he had run even like a, like a bad four, six, like a four, six, eight, that would hurt. Um, and Harris overall is kind of a tough eval for me. Cause everyone seems to really like the tape and, you know, he gets compared to, to Matt Forte a lot. And, uh, that, that's kind of interesting. Le'Veon Bell, you know, somewhat of a, of a similar guy in terms of being a, a big running back who can, can make people miss and stuff. But Forte was pretty fast. Forte ran a a 40. Um, Le'Veon Bell was incredibly agile, not, not very good in the 40, but his three cone was, was off the charts. So, you know, I would really like to see that from Harris. I would have really liked to see him also crush the three cone because he's old. His, you know, he he looks like he might have some athleticism issues on tape, and now he now we're not going to get any numbers on him. So he's definitely going to be lower floor than you would expect for his NFL draft position. I think.
1: Yeah, I I I think that not I have to probably say his ceiling
0: isn't there, but.
1: Yeah. I think I probably just will not end up with any Najee Harris in rookie drafts. Cause I, I would imagine that he probably goes top four, even in super flex. Cause I, he probably will go in the second round of rookie drafts, but I would prefer Bateman. You know, I definitely am going to prefer chase and, and I also, I just, I'm just ready to, to say this now, Pat. I'm just in on Kyle Pitts. I want to get Kyle Pitts in these rookie drafts. Like I don't care <laughs> Baby. about yeah, I I don't care about the historical stuff with tight ends and and you know draft position not mattering and all that stuff. Like I just I just want Kyle Pitts on my teams and I want him I want him bad. I mean, Pitts is he's he's
0: an exception, I think. I at least I hope he's an exception cuz he's <laughs> He looks, uh, he looks like someone I want to be drafting a lot of too. Um, I, I, I'm with you. It's tough. It's always tough to take these tight ends high, but, but yeah, if you're gonna make an exception, make it for Kyle Pitts. What about uh, where are you at on on ETN and that kind of early uh, skill player mix?
1: I mean, ETN will be the guy that I try and get on teams that I have that are good. So like, I have a couple dynasty teams that really need. Um, a starting running back probably even more than they need, you know, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Like I would be, I would be comfortable taking him ahead of everyone, but chase probably like, and and it just, it, a lot of it comes down to archetype. Like I, I think that he will be a guy very similar to acres actually, where the team is comfortable using him as a primary rusher and using him as a pass catcher. Now I don't know if he'll ever get to, 300 touches in a season i mean i i think he could but etn to me is just he's so good uh he just is so clearly good that i i i just want to have him on i just want to have him on my teams like i i just i and i hope that i hope that he is the first overall running back drafted but if he's not if harris goes first or if javante williams goes first i actually think that would make a nice little discount um a, a nice little discount of rookie drafts for etn
0: Yeah, I'm actually I'm struggling because I have the 102 in this this draft that we talked about, and my team is also really bad. Your your team's bad, my team's bad. We both fully yeah. tanked, and uh, I'm kind of struggling because I guess the move in the Super Flex League is probably to take a quarterback. Um, but Etn I find very intriguing. And I also have the 108 and the 111. so I'm like, well, you know, maybe I could trade up with some of this extra 2022 draft capital from the 108 and still manage to land a quarterback. Um, And I really want Jamar Chase, dude. I really want Jamar Chase. That's the guy where I'm just like, I'm, I'm probably going to overpay for Jamar Chase or take him ahead of where he's supposed to go in some drafts um, like 102 and a super flex. Just to make sure I have enough exposure to him. That's that's kind of the guy I see my myself getting a little exuberant on.
1: Who do you think takes Jamar Chase and who do you want to take him? Like who 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 could he go to where you would take him over Trevor Lawrence, even in a super flex?
0: So let's see. If he went to, well, the dream scenario is that Watson ends up in Carolina and then they take him at eight. Although I guess the eighth pick went there. Um, yeah, the it's it's a little uninspiring. In the, I mean, if he goes to Philly, that's not ideal. Um, I'll tell you what. If he falls to thirteen and the Chargers
1: grab him, oh man, yeah, uh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might take him 101. <laughs> I, so here's the thing. I, I don't think, I don't think I can take him 101 in any of these leagues because I, I, I literally, literally in the, in the auction league that you and I are in together, I, I, I don't even know if I will be ready to compete in his rookie contract. Like just, that's mm-hmm. just how far, that's just how far behind I am. And so it, it just makes more sense to take, the quarterbacks because the quarterbacks are this uh, inexhaustible resource I mean like go try and trade for Sam Darnold in one of these leagues right now you'll you'll you will have to pay a first round pick I think probably to get Sam Darnold off someone's teams like quarterbacks in a super flex league they are they are the currency of super flex leagues really I mean they're just impossible to acquire unless you draft them in the rookie draft
0: yeah and that's why I probably have to take fields or whatever here at the 102 but um god if you want to if you want to the chargers it'd be so fun Uh, yeah i mean arizona at 16 you know if if he falls further than expected that would also be pretty great yeah
1: uh is there anyone else oh oh Rondale moore Rondale moore pro day are you five five seven although he'd be blocked
0: by aj green would you be worried about that davis
1: AJ Green man. AJ Green, what a what a waste of a signing. I I mean honestly, I hope that I hope that AJ Green doesn't even end up signing. Like I I hope that I hope that AJ Green uh, just truly I, I hope that he gets cut before the start of the season. I mean, I can't I cannot go through another year of watching uh, Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk lose targets to Larry Fitzgerald and AJ green. It'll just be, it'll just be so miserable. I, although is Larry Fitzgerald retired officially or is he still on the Cardinals roster? I don't even know. I think he's a free
0: agent and it's sort of one of these things where he's probably going to do
1: like a one day and retire or something. Man, that is, that is uh f- I mean at least we finally got at least we finally got rid of Larry Fitzgerald uh, unnecessary targets it's it's too much. Uh, okay, last thing I wanted to cover, Rondale Moore 57 at the pro day, but he looks you know what? He looks incredible, dude. I mean all of his athletic testing other than the height, I mean crazy vertical leap, I, I r- reportedly ran a stopwatch 42940. I mean I, I'm I'm get, I cannot hate on Rondell Moore. I want Rondell Moore on my teams.
0: That's going to be key, right? That's that's the big thing with him. Um, he's a five-seven wide receiver that can work. I think it can work. I think on a good team that you know wants to get guys out in space, um, isn't like gonna just kind of use him totally traditionally, but also isn't gonna use him like. Tavon Austin or something. Cuz that's actually I think the the thing with these guys that worries me more sometimes is that they get immediately pigeonholed into these gadget roles that are low volume and actually low value for the offense. He should be, you know, a slot wide receiver that adds an incredible amount of explosion to your offense. And I think he can probably play out wide a little bit even though he's you know, is a small version of Brandon Cooks. Um, but, yeah, Buffalo has been my dream scenario for him for a while. I think if he goes there, he's taking over for Cole Beasley at the end of the season, kind of mixing in in a slot some this year. And then Beasley's a free agent after the year. You have um, – you've got, you know, John Brown having left. So, uh, I think they, – they they signed someone, right? Who's the dusty guy they signed?
1: They did sign someone dusty, and now I I don't know, I can't remember who it is. Uh, Bill, They signed someone agency. dusty that I'm
0: not worried about. Yeah, but but the point I mean, particularly for Moore, it doesn't even really matter because he'd probably be the successor to Beasley out of the slot anyway, and then he'd be operating in four wide sets. So that's the other thing I love about the Bills is when they run four wide. Now you've got this. They signed Emmanuel
1: Sanders. Emmanuel yeah. Sanders was the dust bucket they signed.
0: Exactly. So not worried about that for, for more long-term future, if he were to go to the bills. And I mean, if you had four wide with, with him, Diggs, Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders this year, that's actually pretty exciting, you know, um, and, or, or maybe you take Sanders off and put Beasley in whatever. So, yeah, if he goes there, you've got pass heaviness, you've got uh, a really smart coaching staff, he'd be deployed in interesting ways there's a long-term role for him um so i'll own a ton of them if he ends up somewhere like that but if he ends up with a with a dumb coaching staff it's gonna be there's gonna be a very low floor
1: yeah uh i mean i he he is a guy that i am getting He's a guy that I'm getting pretty excited about just, I mean, when, when you see dudes that athletic, right. It's just, it's just very hard. It's very hard to not get excited. I, we also, actually, this should be the last thing since we're talking about gadget players, are you as excited about everyone else as Curtis Samuel with the Washington football team? He, he strikes me as a guy that I'm going to try and sell on every team that I have him on because the, the market sentiment is way too high on him right now. I think.
0: Yeah, my takeaway was that I was more excited for Terry McLaurin. Um, I don't – I'm not that excited about Curtis Samuel. I mean, Curtis Samuel was used by this coaching staff in two ineffective ways. You know, he's used as a gadget player back in 2018, and then he was used as, like, a pure deep threat in 2019. It was a different coaching staff that actually kind of unlocked him last year a little bit. So I don't think that, you know, in that sense it's a great fit. And then the Fitzpatrick fit – is that you know generally he's going for these bigger body wide receivers and giving them a chance to make plays you know maybe if he maybe if Samuel's operating like a Sean Jackson that that'd be kind of interesting for Fitzpatrick but I think it's better for McLaurin because Curtis Samuel is a professional wide receiver who can help draw attention and you he can help challenge the the defense deep and so McLaurin can operate more as a clear alpha and that's where he was operating last season. He had an eight out below 10 after being like a pure deep threat the previous year. So I think it just frees him up to be a true number one wide receiver. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know if the market is kind of feeling that same way because they're excited about, about Samuel actually drafting him where I think the value is, is more on drafting Clarn.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Any, any other pro day guys that we need to talk about? I mean, uh, Pitts pits really was the, was the, the guy that got me, you know, super, super jazzed up and then, and then Rondell Moore. I mean, I, I didn't see anyone else who like, you know, absolutely changed my opinion one way or the other.
0: No, I haven't either. A lot of guys still haven't really finished testing yet or whatever. So, um, yeah, no one no one has really jumped out. Uh yeah. I mean, the Ron more one was was pretty exciting. That that vert, man, 42 and a half. <laughs> it's pretty wild.
1: 42 and a half is uh is pretty legit. Um all right, so so that is uh that's where we're at now. Uh we will continue to do these news and notes updates, go through stuff on the draft, uh probably do some specific podcast once we actually get rookie drafts going uh karain thanks for thanks for hopping on uh tout tout ship chasing and and all the other stuff you have got what do you have going on over etr right now
0: yeah i've got etr dynasty ranks up those are pre free agency so gonna be getting an update out on those soon also gonna have rookie rankings coming soon on etr um and then yeah ship chasing um we're recording this wednesday morning so tune in Wednesday night at 9.15, we're going to be talking to some football. Me, Pete Overzet, Ben Gretsch. Uh, um, maybe we might do a, do a live draft. We'll have to see. But yeah, we do, we do that every Wednesday night. So always a good time. That's on YouTube, right. by the way.
1: There we go. It's on, on YouTube. Everyone watch, listen, follow, and uh, we will be back next week.
0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem.
1: Uh... Reese, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.